Today, I'm gonna to teach you six ways to build a better service business. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining. Uh, so today, I'm gonna to teach you six ways to build a better service business. And the way that we're gonna do that is through asking questions. It's basically what, what I do for a living. And uh, we'll start here with, there's gonna be six questions and they each correlate with different departments of your business. So even if you're a solo entrepreneur, you will have these six departments. And so these questions will relate to sales and marketing and those are actually combined uh, in, when you're in the service industry quite a bit. So sales, marketing, operations, fulfillment, finance, leadership, and support. So we're basically going to ask a, a really deep question for each one of these. And there are some kind of uh, smaller questions uh, intertwined here, but we're gonna jump right in. The first one is sales and marketing. And again, this is, this is what I do for a living. So I basically ask just a lot of questions. Uh, and uh, featured Squarespace expert, and I've been a, a consultant since 2014 full-time. And so it's been a lot of fun. So again, thank you for joining me. So, okay, the very first question in the service-based uh, business that I, I really recommend asking is what are you giving? And this question relates to sales and marketing because those two departments, if you will, are really intertwined. And the reason for that is because you don't necessarily have separate products. Everybody is just experiencing you. So in a service-based business, when you're thinking about what are you giving, well, what, is that, what does that mean? So first we wanna think about the service-based business, basically what you're selling is something kind of invisible. So it's basically like knowledge or your expertise or an experience, hi Pablo. Uh, so, you know, because you're selling something invisible, you have to sort of reposition uh, what that looks like. So we want to understand what you're actually selling. Is it convenience? Is it structure? If you, you know, if you're a financial professional, for example, or um, if, is it an accountability system if you're a coach or, or is it some kind of service where convenience comes in? So knowing what people come to you for is critical to helping you share the value you provide. And more than that, what I would say is you really want to be able to have a sort of benefits driven approach. So when you understand what people need, you can sort of reposition what you offer. I know that sounds kind of complicated. Don't worry, this is the most complicated one. So first you wanna identify what you're selling, right? So what do people normally come to you for? What problem do they have? Or what do they wanna experience? Or what opportunity do they wanna capitalize on? So for example, if you are a plumber and you, you know, people come to you because they have a leaky faucet or you're a landscaper and somebody needs landscaping, well, that's what they're coming to you for. That's their need. But what they get out of it is what I would really want you to think about, which is, you know, they have uh, more, a more beautiful house front that fits better within the community if it's landscaping. They have maybe a lower water bill and just something that works in their house when they have a leaky faucet. So a question here when it comes to sales and marketing is what can you give them right now in so that will help them in some way? So typically this is either information to make a decision. So if you are a service provider and there's multiple service providers, you want to be able to um, distinguish yourself. And you can do that by 
really just giving them information. How do you pick a service provider, for example? Um, if it's DIY resources. So I know a lot of people in the service industry are a little afraid to share their, their tactics and share what they know. But when you give people this sort of education, what happens is they start building an association with you and that particular service. And that's exactly what you want. And that's why that's kind of combined with sales and marketing. And a great example of this is actually a chef. So a chef can share their recipes and maybe not their techniques, but they can certainly share their recipes and you will still go to the restaurant, right? <laughs> Even if you know everything that a chef is cooking, what you'll do is, you know, you'll still basically be there just to, um, just to experience their food. And so that's kind of a, a good example of something that, that, that you benefit from or that a service business benefits from by just giving somebody some information. So the next steps for giving, and each one of these, by the way, so there'll be a question and then you will have a sort of next steps for that particular question. So the next steps for giving is to ask yourself, where can you educate people? So write a post, snap a photo, record a video to share some information. Your expertise is valuable and I want everybody in this room to know that and the reason you're in this business is because you know things that other people don't know and so you want to be able to share that information and doing that is actually a marketing and sales strategy i want I want you to know that so one down good job everybody <laughs> so what are you automating this is an operations piece this is the second question this is a little bit more technology driven but it doesn't have to be my example will be, but I want you to know that the thought process behind it is, is going to apply. So the first thing you want to do is decide what to automate. So in every business, you're going to be using, uh, most of the time, you'll be using some software. Uh, if you don't, that's, that's totally fine. But if you do, you want to make a list of all the software that you used. Uh, and then secondly, you want to make a list of things that you repeatedly say or that you repeatedly do, things that you say all the time. And you know what those things are, especially if you're in the, in the service business. Uh, there are things that you will repeatedly explain. There are things that you, you know, the processes that you'll, you'll do over and over again. Sometimes that's just the nature of it. But you want to ask yourself, is there an opportunity for technology to help here? And there might be. So it could be as simple as calendar reminders or creating a sell sheet, um, things like that. And here's a, an example, and this is, from, this is from my own business. And again, this might be a little technology forward, but I still want you to sort of think in, in this way of where can technology help? Because usually it can. So in my business, for example, there's a request a quote form that people fill out online. And what happens when they fill that out is that goes into uh, Streak, which is a, a client relationship manager. So it's basically where I just store client information and that happens automatically. And when that happens, their information also goes in the FreshBooks, which is, and you can use any, any system, but uh, that's actually my invoice and estimation um, estimates software. So if I'm drafting estimates, I will do it there. Uh, now, some people are like, well, that's, you know, that might be a lot, you know, is it, is it that serious? Can you just, you can just type in information, both of these things, but why? Right? If you are using software that has this capability, there's really no reason to spend that extra time. 
especially if you are sort of run thin right now, and a lot of people are. Now, if you want to enhance this and be super nerdy like me, you can, you can take this even further and sort of think about how, how else you can set up automation. So here's an enhanced version, enhanced version, excuse me. So we have the quote form, which goes into streak in FreshBooks, but then anything that goes into streak, or if there's an email address that goes into streak, that will populate into my newsletter uh, marketing uh, system. And then after uh, uh, submitting a quote, instead of just seeing a blank page, what if there's an opportunity to direct them to a blog post I've written, right? It's a small, small thing, uh, but that sort of automation basically takes you out of that system. And all of this happens without you. So you wanna ask, where can technology help? So the next step for automating is really just pick something from your list of things that you repeatedly do and just write down a few potential options for replacing that repetitive task. That's, that's it, that's where you start when it comes to automating. Uh, from there, with the, a list of software that you use, if you use any, you can start to think about how things will come together. And I do have a, a final slide that will give you some, some tips on that as well. And now, okay, what's bottlenecking delivery? So this is a fulfillment piece. So in fulfillment, you know, the, the biggest thing is um, when you are fulfilling on a service, how easily does that process go? So if we're thinking about bottlenecking, and I'm just going to give you a really quick rundown on what bottlenecking is. So it's basically something that holds up the process of fulfillment. Sometimes that's you. And sometimes it's the way you do things. So it's actually your processes. Now, a lot of times when I'm talking to service professionals, what they'll say is, well, client is holding up the process. And that's fair, that's a fair thought, but if that happens over and over again, it's not the client's fault. You need a better process, okay? You need, you need a way to do something better. So I can tell you for me in my world, uh, you know, one of the bottlenecks is, is clients need content to actually put on the site. And if I were to sit there and wait for them, it's not gonna work. So for, it took me almost four years to realize that I probably need some kind of template or something to help them develop this content so that it's not holding up my process. Because the more that holds up my process, the less money we're making, and that's not fun for any. So uh, here's an example of a granite installation company, actually. And what I've done is on the top, you'll see the client journey. And then on the bottom, you'll see the internal operations. So these things happen simultaneously, right? Or, or par in parallel. And of course, there's a lot of things that all of you do in your operations that a client never sees. Uh, so, so in this particular case, you know, um, his name is Spaz, actually, out of Chicago. So he asks questions to gather information, adds to a CRM, his client relationship manager. He assesses all their available solutions, their potential options, presents options, assigns and schedules installation, does a QA, receives payment, follow-up, right? In his case, the bottleneck is this uh, assessing available solutions. So every single time he has to go in and see, well, what does he have? And who can he source from? And, and if you're in the mechanic world, this is, this is something too, where it's like, well, you know, where can we get what we need for the client? And so in his case, that's the bottleneck and some potential fixes. And again, these don't have to be perfect, but you want to start thinking about what can, what can uh, we do that might fix this particular 
uh, piece of the operations flow. So in his case, some of the potential fixes were have all the options documented in one centralized place, create a cell sheet that showcases relevant options, or create a checklist that makes filtering options really easy depending on the client type. So for example, if you are a mortgage professional, you know, one of the things uh, being, being a mortgage broker, for example, is that you have products from everywhere. Well, if you have a checklist of people and they have really particular needs, then you can just filter them through that really easily without you having to spend a ton of brain power figuring out, well, okay, you know, this is the best thing for them right now, but maybe later. It's like you can document, document and put down on paper some of these things that are inside your head just to help you streamline things a little bit more efficiently. So again, next steps for improving flow and reducing the bottleneck is once you identify the bottleneck, which is usually the hardest part for people, once you identify the bottleneck, you wanna draft potential options that would just reduce or eliminate that. And again, don't worry too much about, well, is this option going to be the perfect option or the best option? Just put down some options and see what you can try right away that would help that. And then always know that you can pivot things and change things as you need to. I think a lot of times people are really scared of changing their operations, but I tell people give it at least a minimum two weeks, but really maybe about a month or two months with this new process and see if that helps. Now, how easy is it to get paid? So this is the finance section and the finance question that we have. And no matter who you are, you should be asking yourself these quick questions. How do most of your clients pay? How easy is the process of accepting payment? And most importantly, and the one that lots of people like to ignore is how does it affect your accounting? <laughs> so here's an example. I'm gonna give you actually two examples. One is, one is with an invoice and I'll show you the, one, the other one after. But for an invoice, I can't tell you how many people I know that actually don't use an invoicing system, which is okay to start. They'll use something like Microsoft Word, um, or if you are in, in the restaurant industry, you have, uh, you know, of course, like a point of sale system, like a irregular uh, cash register and situations like that. But if you are in the service industry, this is one of the ways that you might uh, offer to, to have somebody pay for your services. So in this case, there are just some key things that I want you to pay attention to. And again, some of this might be relevant to some of your businesses and others not. So by the end of this, you'll be able to pick and choose um, what, what applies to you. So in this case, we have the client information that's stored here. We have a line item and description, which most people are, are used to. And here we have a little opportunity for terms. So if you want, if you like to be paid online, like this is something that I'll do. And I'll say, feel free to pay me online. If you're sending a check, you can make it payable here, but feel free to pay me online because I like to be paid that way. Um, you will have an invoice number to keep track. So again, if you're using something like Microsoft Word or, or anything that's stored on your um, actual computer, the, the trouble with that is, unless you're very meticulous, the trouble with that is you're tracking all of this information is going to be a pain. And for that reason, I always recommend using a cloud-based invoicing system. Uh, it's, worth, it's worth the money and some of them are actually free or, or there's light versions, but it's totally worth it just for the tracking alone. So you can see how many invoices you sent out and you can keep track of all of that. So, and then these two, so keeping track is, is important. And then how do you accept payment? 
So in this case, we accept credit cards and an ACH bank transfer. So if you, for any reason, if you are still using check, which some people do, and that's totally fine, uh, people can actually just pay using ACH. So if they have their routing and account number, they can just use that to send you money electronically from their, their account. And, and then finally, we have this sort of accepting partial payments. This is kind of nice if you require a deposit, maybe for bigger projects or more long-term projects, uh, that's, that's helpful there. I do want to um, make a quick point actually about the credit card and ACH. A lot of pushback that, that I hear is that they, there is a uh, percentage, so like a 2.9% uh, fee for processing credit cards. And I know that that can get really expensive really quickly. And a, a sort of pushback that I have to that that I want you to consider is that you do typically get your money faster. So the think about when it comes to payments, you want to make the barrier to payment as low as possible. It should be super easy for people to pay you. So when you're thinking about this and you're like, oh, I don't want to pay that fee, just know that it's really beneficial to have that money quickly and in your hand, especially when we are in such a crazy environment like we're in right now. That's something that's really valuable. So that's an invoicing uh, system. And then if you find yourself actually uh, running the same sort of service uh, again and again, and the process is the same. So something you can do, and this is the same exact product that you just saw in the previous invoice. Uh, something you can do is called a website cleanup is what I have is a productized service. So a productized service is basically taking a service and packaging it up so that it sells like a product. And the way that you do that is you basically select a service that the processes are all the same for. So there's nothing that you really have to do differently. You know, it's for a different client perhaps, um, but if you are running through the same process, so in this case, it's like a three hour session, you know, we do it on their site. Uh, everything is very, is the same. The only thing that's different is which site is it, is it happening on? So if you find yourself with things that have um, those repeatable processes, and you just need to basically swap it out for different people, then consider doing a productized service. And if you do that, it becomes getting paid even easier because you just go you know, either to a site um, to purchase, which we can talk about uh, if you have any questions after that, uh, or you can just have that package readily available so that you know how to deliver it. Now, next steps for getting paid. Is first, decide whether or not your product can actually be productized in any way. And this second part is really important and something a lot of people skip through. Uh, but if you do it, it'll make a huge difference. Uh, run through the payment process yourself all the way to receiving a receipt just to make sure it's easy. And I know some people like to skip steps and they're like, oh yeah, I know this, you know, the client does this. No, no, no. Have a friend or a family member run you through the exact process that, you, that your customer or client will be going through. Uh, because you want to you want to know what that experience is like and you want to see is this as easy and seamless as possible all right awesome okay so i'm really excited to see your questions i see things popping up it's very exciting so uh number five we're going to talk about leadership so again this this also applies to any any service-based business and i want you to know just kind of my thought process is that if you own a business or you're part of uh, you know, a team that runs a business, 
on the executive team or you're, you're a partner or co-founder, you are a leader in this community, whether you like it or not. That's something I just need you to know. Um, and so taking leadership seriously and having that, court, that sort of a mentality to uh, do the self-development and leadership development that's required is really important. Um, you know, whether or not you're just working on your business or you're active in the community, doesn't matter. Just by virtue of having a business, you really do uh, sort of just lead in your community. So I just want to make that clear. All right, so who are your partners and alliances? This is one of my favorite questions. So here you can see a few different ones, uh, but partners and alliances are really important for a successful service business. And it's not something that people think about often. So a lot of times people will think about their competitors. I think that is a total waste of time. It will serve you so much better if you just think about your partners and your alliances. So, and I don't even believe in competitors. There are different organizations that serve different people at different times in their life. So try not to think about that. If you do focus on partners and alliances, here's the difference. So for a partner, it's basically a person or an organization that complements your business or that you do business with. So for example, um, like a plumbing company, if they're doing installation of water heaters, for example, maybe the product that they're using, the water heater a brand that they're using that they always use, that would be considered like a partner company. Um, an alliance is a person or organization that shares your values and by knowing them, people sort of better understand you. And so here's a few that I sort of um, identify with and align myself with. And some of these are partners and some of these are alliances. So the way you think of partners, again, it, people whose product you love and product you use. So for me, I do that with Squarespace, with Emith. And then if you're thinking about alliances, well, think about who's referring you. You know, who cares about you? Who shares the same values that you do? And that could be professional associations and it could be groups that you're part of. So for me, it's Cahoots. You know, I have Phoenix Community Alliance, uh, Local First Arizona for some people. And each of you might have your professional trade groups, whatever they are. So just align yourself, focus on partners and alliances. That's asking who they are is, is a really important question. And what do you do with them? So say now, you know, you have, so you have them. Well, share with them what you do, or if you're changing things, right? Especially right now, people are pivoting what they're doing. Share with them what you're doing. Ask for referrals, if it makes sense to do so, and usually does. Uh, ask how you can support them and do it. That's the biggest thing I will say. Uh, offer your services at a special rate or provide extra value. So this could be a discount. It could be an extra stamp on your card, whatever it is. Um, something that makes them feel really special. So for an example, um, I have a, an ice cream shop at the bottom of my building. And when they're opening up, it's one of those things where I'm just like, you, you should, you know, anybody who lives in this building should get something from that ice cream shop, maybe an extra stamp a week or whatever it is, but something to show, uh, show appreciation for just being aligned with people is really important. So the next steps for your partners and alliances is make a side-by-side -side list, one for partners and one for alliances. And if you don't have any or you want to add more, then think about who ideally you want on that list. Uh, and then choose one of those people and ask them, or one of those organizations, and just find somebody within it and say, how can I help you? And that question sort of ties back into the sales and marketing piece. 
So they, they work together really, really well. Again, when you, when you are helping the people that are aligned with you, that, that usually ends up really improving your business in, in an indirect way sometimes and sometimes in a very direct way. All right, finally, last one. Oh, I'm surprised you guys are stuck with me. This is good. Okay, so how do you communicate care? This is all about service. And this is the most, uh, the most impactful one. So the first thing when it comes to care, I know it's such a funny thing. Uh, I, I harp on care because it is basically free. Right, so there's some emotional labor that's required, but you don't have to pay anybody to do it. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to expand yourself in some way. It's just, it's really, it's a, it's a free thing that you can do, and if you do it well, it will make you stand out from the rest like no other. So, uh, the first thing again is you want to decide where can you communicate care. So you want to assess what we call touch points, and touch points are basically any interaction that you have between you and your client. So in this case, this is, uh, this is the, that same sort of flow chart here. Uh, the client, as you can see, is always interacting with you. And then for you, there are just different points in your process that you are um, connecting it or, and can't communicate with the client. So how you ask questions on this first one, you know, maybe that's an opportunity for how you communicate care. Maybe how you present your options. Maybe instead of just a regular sell sheet, you have a sell sheet with their name on it and that says, you know, this is for them. Um, when you're installing, just being really mindful how you do that, that process, or if you're following up. So I don't know if it's just me, but after any kind of surgery or after a dentist appointment, when they call two days later to check on me, it's a great feeling, right? <laughs> right? It's, it's a really simple thing that they can do and, and, uh, and, and something that makes a really big difference. So thinking about those things. Now, this is the Gecko model. This is a framework that I designed in 2015. Uh, it's really straightforward. And this is just kind of a, a quick uh, bit of each, each one here. So Gecko is an acronym. And it stands for gratitude, empathy, care, kindness, and optimism. And so I'm just going to run through each one of these and help you see that it's basically for service design. So if you use these, you know, how I was talking about, you're all basically leaders in your community. So in business, I think it's really important to instill certain virtues, if you can, inside a business. And doing these five uh, in, any, in any order, really, and, and thinking about how to instill some of these makes your business better in, in the service world. Uh, just overall. So I'm going to give you just a brief run through. So for gratitude, rethinking uh, your business as not something that you have to do, but something that you get to do. That's a really important distinction when it comes to how you communicate with people. So you get to do your business every day. Sometimes it might be a total pain in the butt, but you get to do it nonetheless. And reframing things like that will change your approach and people can feel that. So empathy, you understand them. Again, you are all experts at what you do and you, you've done it for, even if you haven't done it for a long time, the fact that you're doing it professionally says that you understand people with those problems and, and you can help them. So care, you provide honest solutions. 
So one of the stories that I love to share with this one is uh, there's a company called Zappos that some of you might have heard of, and some of you might have heard this story. And Zappos uh, only sold shoes online at the time, which is an interesting business model. But they only sold shoes at the time, and they have been known for really just delighting the customer. So uh, Tony Shea, who's the CEO, was, uh, was out with his buddy. They're out drinking, uh, got super drunk, and Tony Shea starts bragging about his customer care team. And they are known for just being the best, just really caring the most. And building, they've built a culture that cares the most. And Tony Shea goes to his friend, well, call them up and see for yourself. Right? So they call, his friend calls uh, Zappos Customer Care, of course, a rep answers and says, you know, thanks for calling Zappos. How can I help you? And this guy who's really nice and drunk says, I'm really hungry. <laughs> and the rep, almost without missing a beat, says, all right, well, what zip code are you in? Let's see if we can find you a pizza. <laughs> okay. And that's the kind of care even if you might not be able to help somebody, you're giving somebody an honest solution. That's something that is an unforgettable experience. So think about that in your service design. All right, now there's kindness. Uh, kindness really, it's just the fact that you're speaking with compassion and clarity. So not everybody knows what you do or can explain what you do or can explain what they need. And it might get frustrating sometimes, uh, but speaking with compassion and knowing that that you know, they're coming to you for help is really important. And then clarity, a quote that I love about clarity when it comes to explaining things is that clear is kind and unclear is unkind. And I love that. It's easy to remember. And it's something to think about when it comes to explaining your services to people or, or just um, fulfilling your services to people. And then finally, we have optimism. So in optimism, you basically are just confident of a successful outcome. Even if you screw up, the fact that you can be confident that you can fix it is really important. So all these, these five, gratitude, empathy, care, kindness, and optimism, they are incredible keys for, for designing a service-based business. So it's definitely something I want you to think about. So next steps for communicating care is you wanna write down things that clients and customers have stated they appreciate and then write out the touch points in your process where you might be able to communicate a little bit better, communicate care a little bit better. So assessing those touch points is really important. And then just thinking about, well, how can I take this to another level that will just make people feel really cared for? So now we want to pause and jot. I'd love to see uh, uh, the chat now. So answer in the chat if you can. What's one area you can commit to improving to today. So um, improving today. So we've got finance, sales, marketing, um, it, all of them, which I'll put up again. And what's the first step you can take towards that improvement? That's a really important question. So two things. What's one area you can commit to improving today in your business? Uh, and you can be specific. And what's the first step you can take towards that improvement? Again, just pick and choose what works for you. And you, you know, some of these will apply, some of these won't. And uh, I think that's a good place to pause. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to teach you.